If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient treatment programs are founded on science and delivered with heart. At RCA, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs for patients experiencing a relapse or with history of trauma for young adults, adults 50 plus, and the LGBTQIA plus community. Recovery Centers of America answers the phone and admits patients 24-7. Don't wait. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY recovery. Want to hear some inside scoop? If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you gotta check out Kohl's. I got my daughters the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks, Jansport backpacks for 25% off, and 30% off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash. So, yeah, not sure who's more excited right now, me or the girls. Select styles. 15% off friends August 15th. Levi's coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store calls account for details. Are you having like a a fly a fly like come in you know, in your car or whatever and it just annoys you start flying around your face and just you know just get on your nerves? So I oh at the beginning of the day, a couple of days ago, the fly just flew in my truck, right? And I was like I was just ready for it just to just get on my nerves and it's gonna be uh, I'm gonna have to pull over and just, you know, shoot it out or whatever. But it just came in and it just did nothing didn't bother me just flew around a little bit and then at the end of the day after I drove like what 500 some miles across country or whatever it, I got out the truck and it just flew out like it was on, like it was hitchhiking or something I don't know it, 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 it was weird I mean just something I never experienced I guess I don't know it, it was just something I noticed you know <laughs> okay we ready right. on this episode we're going to talk with representative Chip Warrior about illegal immigration and some other things. And we're going to talk about, I guess, this is a, a bad week for abortion providers, which means it's a good week for babies. And a little bit on Spider-Man and the MCU, if you care. So all this on this episode of Trend Chat. of America. Here's the podcast where we talk politics, a little entertainment, some culture, and this and that from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. And welcome. Welcome to another episode of Trend Chat. I am your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat. And even TikTok, <laughs> it's all the same name at Trend Chat twenty four seven. First off, I just want to thank seventeen seventy six United dot com for their support, and you know, as someone that is a frequent um, uh, customer and and really like their mugs and shirts and and hats and all, and I know a lot of times, even recently when I was at this on uh, Heritage event. Um, the Betsy Ross flag um, hat that 1776 has got some attention. Some people want to know, especially down in Austin. Um, I ran into some people who were, I guess, 
if you don't know, Austin is basically the California of of Texas in a way. Like most state capitals, if you really think about it, um, regardless of whether it's a red state, blue state, or whatever, the state capital tend to be the most liberal part of the state. Um, and so Austin is no exception. And so I, I came across some people who, I guess, would see that hat and, you know, they were like, oh, uh, where you get that hat from? And you pretty much know that that they were at least conservative leaning because um by seeing that if uh I well the ones that didn't like it didn't say anything put it that way so but yeah like that had the don't tread on me snapback anyway I just want to say you know want to say thanks to 1776 United for their support and if you go to 1776united.com put in the code 76 militia dash trend chat you get 20% off of your purchase so check them out like i said it's not just hats and shirts they also have mugs and other accessories that um very patriotic um uh, gear for for you and i think you could find for men and women as well so check them out at 1776united.com 76 militia dash trend chat is the code for 20% off so First off, as I mentioned, that it's been a bad week for abortion providers. Mainly, I would say it would be um, Planned Parenthood. I think there are others that um, that are lesser known that are definitely not uh, not having a good day, a good week, which is, like I said in the beginning, is a good day for babies because the Ninth Circuit, uh, court upheld a ruling from the Trump administration where taxpayer funded um, taxpayer funds, put it that way, uh, from these po- abortion providers. They can ha- um, have access to it if they provide abortions. They can receive the money if they want to, but they would have to um, stop performing abortions or not provide um abortions and so hey planned parenthood decided to not take the money and isn't isn't that ironic or so it's a little um it's telling that planned parenthood you know after basically going um going on and on about how much they provide health care uh, for all sorts, you know, for the communities that they're in or whatever like that. And they talk about how much that uh, abortion is not really the, the issue. Um, they like throughout the stat that they only provide 3% of abortions, which is just a, just a, a blatant deceitful stat. And when it comes down to when they had the choice, <laughs> pun intended, to whether to continue or to receive taxpayer money. And what they have to do is, as a condition, is to, in their, I mean, in, if you look at it from their point of view, I guess, 
it's a three percent of your business. That's how if that's how they see it. Then they're the the Trump administration is saying like, okay, well, you can receive the taxpayer money if you just cut out that three percent that you claim. And apparently, that three percent is for them is a little too much, which kind of shows that it's more than that. That their love for the slaughter of innocent lives, which goes by the PC term of abortion, is a lot more important than anything that they claim to do as far as helping the poor or you know low income um, families, as far as what they quote unquote family planning and all that. Because when push came to shove, they was like, no. Nah, we we love killing babies basically oh, um more than trying to be there for the um for these women to um kill them you know kill them, their babies and and so now it's uh you know it's not something permanent unfortunately it's um pretty sure it's going to go back and forth in the courts but for right now planned parenthood and others um, are not going to be able to access taxpayer funds, which they shouldn't, shouldn't have been able to get access to in the first place. But as I said, it's been a bad week so right now. I don't know how long it's going to last, but however long it lasts, anything that makes it more difficult for these slaughter mills, basically to um to kill innocent lives anything that makes their lives more difficult i'm all for um i will just hope it to continue to make it more difficult to the point of abolishment basically um that's for me it's all it's all about abolishing abortion that where to where we see uh, abortion to be the evil that it is the way we look at slavery now and I, I think that's where we, I would hope we would get to that point that we would see the killing of innocent lives for what it is. And as, like I said, as I mentioned it now, the PC term of calling it abortion, that kind of takes the sting off of it as opposed to saying how I'm, how I'm saying it as far as, you know, the, the killing of innocent lives, which what, what it is. So, you know, let's uh, let's hope and pray that this will continue. And I commend the Trump administration for um, taking this step. So thank you. And let's keep it up. Let's keep it up all the way to the point where abortion is unthinkable other stuff maybe this is trend chat with your host brian bledsoe this is dana lash and you're listening to trend chat hello to fans of trend chat and brian bledsoe the founding project an education nonprofit dedicated to civics invites you to visit our brand new website visit us at thefoundingproject.com be a part of the civics movement with the founding project 
The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. segment I just want to mention about um, cultural life you know col1972.com um, they're another um, great supporter of the show and want to definitely give them a shout out and I would say check them out at col1972.com they're a pro-life fashion you know line so check them out check out their shirts their hats dresses and um you know for men, you know, men as far as shirts and hats, and for women, you know, dresses and and a lot of other accessories. I said, you know, check them out at col1972.com. They're out to change the, you know, having fashion that is for life. Because if you look at, I, I would probably say all of these major fashion lines, they're all. No, I wouldn't say tilted to the left. They're probably just, you know, all just totally left. They're not even left leaning. They just left. Um, and uh, for um, abortion and uh, and everything, they're probably big supporters of Planned Parenthood and, and across the board. So COL 1972 is out to change that by being a pro-life fashion line. And I was, you know, I'm all for, you know, giving them as, as much of a shout out as possible. And I would say col1972.com. Check them out. And if you put in the code TRENDCHAT, you get 10% off of your purchase. So, yeah, check them out at col1972.com and 10% off with the code TRENDCHAT. So, before we get to our interview with uh, Representative Chip Roy, right quick, I... um. <laughs> Like I said, I don't, I don't know. Uh, this is the movie portion, I guess you could say, in a way, because it, it has been one of the biggest stories this week. I uh, don't know if you heard about it, but uh, also the story of, of the whole thing with Spider-Man, right? It kind of overshadowed the fact that um, the, the Matrix is coming back. <laughs> Uh, that got confirmed this week too that uh they're gonna make a Matrix Four. I don't or re I don't know if it's a reboot or just they're gonna make a sequel to the Matrix with Keanu Reeves back in the title role. I guess it's Neo. <laughs> which I'm thinking about it. I like on top of that. Uh, if you don't know, Keanu Reeves is also gonna uh, come back for Bill and Ted, which I think is sometime next year. And if you, for one thing, I can't believe if you look at Keanu Reeves now and look at him in the point break, which was almost what? 30 some years ago. I don't, I don't remember now he looks the same. So it doesn't even, it wouldn't even look out of place for him to be in this movie. And you wouldn't even have to say that 
there's been some sort of, you know, it's been 20, 30 years because he looked the same. He looks like how he looked at the end of Matrix Revolutions. So, and yeah, I'm, I'm really starting to believe more and more that, you know, these Hollywood stars are you know, literal vampires out here. Because, <laughs> I mean, Tom Cruise, I think he's what? Was he like 60 or something? Like he looks the same in Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. But um, but I well, I don't know when Matrix is coming out, but that news came out this week too. But that got overshadowed by the whole thing with Spider Man, because <laughs> apparently Spider Man and um is not going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe anymore because the behind you know there's a behind the scenes deal between Sony Pictures and Disney. And, you know, I, I know most of you probably don't even know anything about how this, you know, how it's been going back and forth with, um, with the two studios, but I just find it fascinating because so back in, what was it 2015, I guess, um, Sony has always had the rights to Spider-Man at least for a long time. So, but that's different. That's a different studio that disney which marvel is under and they wanted marvel wanted spider-man to be in this you know universe to put his character in the um in some of these movies so they disney cut a deal where which i think i don't know why i I guess they were desperate at the time where disney said we'll just take five percent of the profit and we just want Spider-Man to be in these movies. So the first movie was in Captain America Civil War. And so, okay, they agree, which, uh, you know, if um, Disney's saying they only want 5% and Sony could just lend out the character and, and they still get 95% of the profit from the character being in the movie, I, I don't see that's a bad, uh, bad deal. So, yeah, they did that. And so he's been in um, Captain America Civil War uh, um, his own movie, you know, Homecoming and uh, Infinity War, and then Endgame, and then you know the the most recent movie, uh, Far Far From Home, which made a billion dollars. And now we got to the point. I guess Disney uh, looked back at that deal after all the success of um Spider Man, and only getting five percent. I guess they said um. Uh, Hey, Sony, um, you know, we've, I, I don't know how the discussions went, but I could think of it going kind of like, um, we've done a lot for your character and, um, <laughs> we would like a little bit more, um, other than 5%. I mean, we've really, we, we rehab the, the reputation of Spider-Man because the previous two movies before didn't make as much money. And we would just uh, like to, um, maybe uh, increase the percentage a little bit. How about fifty percent? <laughs> I mean, for one, this is all in like in public now, you know, and so who knows what's what's they're really what they're really asking and whatnot. And so it could be. Um, I feel like they just this is kind of like I think Disney kind of put this out there to make Sony look bad. <laughs> and because it did it worked but if you really think about it you if you're from on sony side hearing where 
you had this deal where you were keeping 95 percent of the of the profits from these movies and then all of a sudden disney comes in and said they want 50 yeah so i will i will step away from the table too so that that's currently what's going on right now things can change you can you know negotiations is as we all know negotiations are can can go for go on forever really so <laughs> it, i just i just found it funny because i'm like okay disney just gonna come in and ask for <laughs> ask for a half now after basically getting nothing and so which i understand on disney's part i also understand from sony's part from saying like no we don't want to give up 50 percent of our profit <laughs> was, what are y'all crazy that's for one it's their character so why would they give up that much money they'll be losing money then basically um they can make their own movie so separate is like right now so they stepped away from the deal and now they're looking to make their own movie without marvel in it without marvel's you know input into the movie they can make their own movie it may not be as successful but they'll still make money they'll make more money as opposed to giving up 50 (laughs) percent so anyway you know that's it's a whole bunch of business <laughs> like you know lingo and all that and i just found it fascinating so i just wanted to bring it up right quick so anyway um after this we're um we're gonna go straight to our interview i'm pretty sure someone i hope someone enjoyed that i hope someone just maybe didn't know and like oh okay yeah orders um i guess maybe others out there are probably like oh what we heard but get to the interview i'm ready to hear this i'm ready to hear from representative chip roy Uh, and look we're gonna get there so um after this you know after these words here is our interview with representative chip roy this is trend chat with your host brian bledsoe Hey everybody, it is Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show. You are listening to Trend Chat with my man, Brian Bledsoe. Come on with it. Hello, this is Brian Bledsoe, host of Trend Chat. Also contributor at Politichicks.com. Here to tell you about the new book called Politichicks, A Clearing Call to Political Activism. With over 300 pages from contributors like myself, talking about topics such as education, social issues, healthcare, the Second Amendment, and of course, activism. I encourage you all to check it out at Politichicks.com and is also available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Hello, this is Trent Chat, and we are very pleased to have Representative Chip Roy with us, a representative of the 21st District in Texas. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's uh, an honor to be with y'all. So, um, first off, I guess if people want to know, where is the 21st District? Well, I'm honored to represent the district between Austin and San Antonio. It's got a chunk of both cities as well as a good chunk of the Hill Country. It's a great place for Texas music, barbecue, and a, a great history of, uh, of strong Texans. It's a great place. Yeah, so... Um, we're here at the Texas Seminole Summit for Heritage Action, and um, you just finished a panel talking about uh, illegal immigration. And I had a couple of questions from that because a number of things that you mentioned, like um, uh, you said that the Border Patrol is doing diaper patrol instead of Border Patrol. Yeah. Now, I guess, well, what do you mean by that? 
Well, the Border Patrol's job is to actually patrol the border. That is to be in vehicles, be on horses, be on foot, running up and down the Rio Grande River, uh, making sure that we stop people who are trying to come across the border illegally and not following our laws and going through ports of entry and, and uh, doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, Border Patrol, unfortunately today, because we've allowed our laws to become something they're not supposed to be, they are in uh, managing processing centers. They're, hand, they're dealing with the vast number of, of uh, family units with children who are being used as tokens, as tickets to try to come to the United United States of America, because the word has gotten out around the world that if you show up to the border with a child, then you're going to get caught and released almost immediately. And that's what's happening. Border Patrol is getting people who seek them out. They don't run from them. They seek out Border Patrol. They get taken to a facility, processed, and within 48 hours, they are taken to a bus station or to an NGO and sent throughout the United States of America. And since since October 1 of last year, this fiscal year, we've had 900,000 apprehensions. That's not counting those who haven't been apprehended. And 600,000 of those have been caught and released. And it's an extraordinary number. So Border Patrol is not actually able to do its functional job. It's not their fault. It's not the resources and they're overwhelmed. I know um, another thing you mentioned is that you know a lot of people don't know about about those numbers as far as people being caught and released. Not many people know about that. Um, I guess I guess maybe clarify what's going on there. You know, the American people are busy doing their jobs, taking their kids to school. They got lives to lead, and unfortunately, they don't get to follow all these details. And the media doesn't care to make sure that everybody knows it. So we need the American people to be able to understand it. When they do, then they are uh, really frustrated because they're seeing their communities getting overrun, and they don't understand the extent to which that many people have been distributed through the country. Six hundred thousand people have been caught. At least, and only 80 to 90 percent of them, I'm sorry, only 10 to 20 percent of them are showing up for their uh, hearings. So that means they're staying here and becoming, uh, you know, part of the communities and staying in the United States, uh, you know, using, uh, you know, the government programs, state, local, or in schools, and so forth. Now, again, happy to have as many people legally come to the United States as possible. We want everybody to be able to seek asylum when it's genuine asylum. But the folks that are coming here are not seeking genuine asylum that our laws are intended to uh, allow them a path to come here. Instead, they are using it for uh, a pathway to be able to get to some family member or some sort of economic relief. And God bless them. I don't blame them for wanting that. But our country cannot be a wide open border. Because look at it. If you have 900,000 people who have come and 600,000 have been caught and released, if only 1% of that group is doing something crazy, you got 9,000 people doing something crazy. Right? So that's our concern. We've got a security problem in a post-9-11 world. In one ICE facility I visited, we had 57 countries uh, represented, 57 from all over the world, uh, whether it's in Africa, Middle East, uh, uh, Asia, Southeast Asia. Uh, it's not just Mexico and Central America. Wow. I mean, that's something I never even <laughs> never thought about. Um, I know another thing that you mentioned as far as um, uh, status before security, and I want to ask why is, um, why is that important for to have status before security? Well, in fact, it's the opposite, right? We want to make sure we have security before we're talking about anything involving status, right? We want to make sure that we have a secure border. We want to make sure that we've got, uh, then we have an immigration system that actually works for the the, the migrants who seek to come here as well as the businesses and the communities here. Uh, And then and only then. If we've secured our border sufficiently with a physical infrastructure, wall, fence, uh, reformed our asylum laws, reformed our catch and release policies, made it to where it's actually workable, and then created a point-based, uh, merit-based immigration system that uh, does the, what it's supposed to do, only then 
can we or should we have a conversation about status or what we do with those who have come here illegally? We need to enforce our laws. We need to secure the border. We need to send a very uh, clear message to the world that we are going to have fences with doors that work, and those doors uh, are the legal path to follow, and that's what we're going to do. Okay, yeah, I noticed when you mentioned it, yes, the way you said it. Um, like that. That's what, yeah. So that was my fault. I don't no, no, no. It's fine. I get it. Like, immigration law is one of the most complex and confusing areas of our public policy. I mean, I've been working on it for 13, 14, 15 years, and, and uh, you know, it, it still creates those kinds of issues and confusion. Uh, the fact is that if you put everything together, some comprehensive approach, it has failed every time under every different political uh, po- uh, combination. Uh, Republicans, Democrats, and the White House and Congress, doesn't matter. Uh, when you try to do it all at once, it fails. Okay, so um, I guess the, I just want to move on to some of the uh, committees as far as that you are part of. And yeah. um, so the f- uh, first one being the House Committee on Veterans Affairs. And I want to mention that because as a veteran, I just want to uh, want to ask about at least one bill that you sponsored, being um, H.R. 3450. And just I just did, wanted to know what was the progress on, on that. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for your service. Um, thank you for, um, you know, putting your life on the line to make sure that we're safe and secure. And, and uh, one of the things I care most about uh, and one of the things that drew me to the Veterans Affairs Committee is getting the United States, getting the American people to uh, recognize that we can't continue to have be engaged in uh, uh, battles overseas or in our engagements overseas and have men and women in uniform around the world when it's only about 1% of our population carrying the burden for the rest of us. And, uh, you know, I think that's something we need to really look at and focus on, something I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make sure that our health care for veterans is improved. Uh, the Mission Act was just signed by the president earlier this year. I think it's early this year. Uh, the Mission Act will allow for better choice for veterans and get them the access to be able to go out in the private sector uh, in a combination with the VAs. Uh, some VAs do great work. Some VAs do less than great work. And I think it depends on where you are, and, and that shouldn't be the case. If you're a veteran, you should be able to get the best health care possible. And I think the Mission Act, combined with the Choice Act, which you passed before, uh, may, may do that. Uh, 3450, i got to remember which number that is. Um, not, I can't remember. Well, so um, just uh, to, to hear it, the Secretary of Veterans Affairs from transmitting certain information to the Department of Justice sure. instant. Yeah. So th- this is a bill that is designed to ensure that if you're a veteran, uh, that your Second Amendment rights to be able to defend yourself and your family can't be taken away uh, because somebody might be suggesting that because of PTSD or some other uh, result of your service that you have your Second Amendment rights taking, uh, taken away. Um, obviously, if somebody is a danger to others, um, there are methods by which you know you can uh, ensure that they're not taking action, but you, you know, t- doing something to harm somebody. Somebody. But at the end of the day, if you're a veteran and you want to be able to uh, defend yourself or your family, you need to be able to do that. And so that's what that legislation is designed to do. Okay. And also, um, well, like in the, I noticed from the Committee of Oversight and Reform, I noticed one, I guess one thing that kind of really got the uh, headlines as far as um, your challenge, your colleagues on a fishing expedition recently, as far as um, uh, as far as how uh, White House aides and whatnot. So, sure. uh, so if people don't know, what was all, what was that about? So oversight's function is to make sure that we're looking over the executive branch, right? Where Congress, the oversight is to look at the executive branch and make sure that uh, they're following the laws, that they're executing the policies that ought to be executed. 
Uh, and so one of the issues that has been raised by my Democrat colleagues on the committee is going after uh, a few members of the White House, specifically um, Kellyanne Conway, who's a friend of mine, as well as uh, the daughter of the president, and trying to go after and dig into their emails and their private communications. And they're doing so for a total fishing expedition to try to embarrass the president and embarrass the family. There's no basis for their, their desire to go after it. Uh, they've been complying with the law. Uh, in fact, uh, Ms. Trump, the daughter, Ivanka, uh, had uh, turned over uh, a, a large block of emails for a block of time where she acknowledged that she had used private email instead of official email uh, and, it's, and it's acknowledged that through her attorney and said, I didn't know that some of these issues might be crossover and I shouldn't do that. So she's turned all that over. But now they're going trying to subpoena her and make a political issue out of it. Look, here's the problem. My Democrat colleagues aren't seeking to have an efficiently well-run government that follows the rule of law. They're trying to score political points for political purposes. They're trying to damage the president. They're trying to damage members of Congress. They're not trying to do their job for the betterment of this country. That's the problem. So um, I noticed, well, I noticed that you like sponsored like, uh, well six bills in total, and so I guess with, with all of those, um, what is kind of the progress? Is anything as far as moving? I, I know having a you know Democrat control house make things a lot difficult, but I just sure. want to ask how's how's it going? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, I don't. Six is probably a relatively low number uh, relative to a lot of my peers. I, I don't, I don't think we ought to be flooding the zone with a whole bunch of legislation. I think we ought to pass a handful of bills, do our job. What I campaign, campaigned on doing was getting towards a balanced budget, uh, making sure we secure the border, getting health care prices to where they ought to be for the American people, uh, making sure our men and women have a clear mission and the tools to carry it out, and then get the hell out of the way of the American people. That's what I want to do. Uh, legislation that I've introduced, there's a few. One that's important is declaring, as I uh, said before, uh, that that those cartels, specific cartels, the Reynosa faction of the Gulf Cartel, the uh, Cartel de Loreste of Los Cetas, uh, and I think the Sinaloas as well, that these are uh, the equivalent of foreign terrorist organizations, that we ought to designate them as foreign terrorist organizations, that they are targeting the United States, that they're damaging our national security, that they're harming Mexico, that they're undermining our economic interests, and we should recognize that, we should go after them, and we should take them out. And uh, I think these are the kinds of things that we ought to do, and I can go down other bills, but the main point is uh, we're going to go fight for things we believe in, and and uh, you know what the what the Democrats choose to put on the floor so far has not been all that productive. I know me personally, it's more about the what I guess you said the quality of the bills. I don't yeah. I don't care if someone's doing a whole bunch of bills as long as they're passing, as long as they you know sponsoring good bills. That's yeah. that's what matters to me at least. Yep. So now. I guess I want to mention just because we're supposed to be friends, but now Wade Miller is your chief of staff. So, I mean, I guess I should shout him out a little bit. And I guess, how's he doing? I'm guessing he's doing okay. <laughs> well, look, Wade is a combat Marine veteran, as you know. Um, he has uh, served his country uh, above and beyond, and, and now he's doing it again by agreeing to be my chief of staff. And he's, uh, we've got a great team and a team that is dedicated to liberty and freedom, and that's the way I like it. And, you know, we're not there to uh, – we didn't run the first time and we didn't get to Washington to, uh, for the sole purpose of getting reelected. We're in Washington to make a difference for the American people. We want to limit the size of government. We want to fight for freedom. We want to fight to defend constitutional rights. We want to have a national sovereign nation that we can uh, be safe and secure in and involve serious, secure borders and making sure that uh, – and, and look, and Wade has been he's – the, he's the leader of the, of the team. And uh, he certainly got a lot of leadership capability, having been a combat Marine veteran. Uh, I'm very blessed to have him and my entire team uh, in place. I could certainly take some swipes at him just for fun here. Uh, I've known, please, please. I, please. <laughs> I've known Heritage Action for a long time. Uh, I've worked with a number of the folks involved with it, whether it was Tim Chapman, Mike Needham, before he left to go to 
be Marco Rubio's chief of staff, um, you know, and numerous folks at the Heritage Foundation and Heritage Action generally. Um, I'm uh, certainly uh, Drew White, who's a friend of mine who works at the Heritage Action, who's now uh, working for a uh, news source here in Austin, uh, the Texan. Uh, but I appreciate uh, all that you all do, and and uh, and like I worked with Wade before, so I knew what I was what I was getting, and and that uh, I, I know the good and the bad. And I'll just leave it to that. Well, I mean, he was the regional coordinator. He's the one who signed me up to okay. be a Seminole. So I will, I will say I wouldn't be doing this right now without him because he's the one who kind of really got me started in doing anything. Just, well, yeah. that was clearly a genius move on his part. I don't know. He's gone downhill a little bit because uh, – <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, That's, uh, yeah, that, oh, well, yeah, I, I would say that too. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like I said, Wade's great though. Yeah. Um, I, oh, if people want to find you on social media, where would it go? Sure. Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, ChipRoyTX, ChipRoyTexas, so C-H-I-P-R-O. YTX. Uh, and if you uh, go to my website at chiproy.com, you can get all sorts of good information, uh, both political as well as, uh, you know, substantive. And my uh, official website would be uh, roy.house.gov, where we put out press releases and so forth. Encourage everybody to get out there, learn the issues, demand that your members, uh, whatever district they're in, whatever state they're in, that they go follow the Constitution, follow the law, fight for you. Uh, we are a pitched battle to save this republic for our kids and grandkids, and so I'd encourage everybody to get out there and fight hard to do it. All right, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. God bless. What's going on, folks? This is Colin Noir, and you're listening to Trend Chat. This is Trend Chat. And again, thanks to Representative Chip Ward for joining us. And um, as I mentioned in the, at the end of the interview, um, a previous guest to Trend Chat, uh, Wade Miller, who has um, been on, and and uh, <laughs> just uh, wanted to give him a, give him a shout out. And, and like I mentioned before, because way back a couple you know, years ago, now, well, actually, you know, on Facebook it said that it was six years ago, I guess this week when I attended my first heritage action uh, event where that's why I met Wade. And that's why he put me in, you know, asked me about being in the, <clears throat> the seminal program. And, and yeah, so I, like I said in the interview, I think if I wasn't a, a part of that, that really uh, gave me some, the confidence that I needed to um, know about the issues and to, be able to be a more effective um i guess activist <laughs> and, and to reach out to, to whether it's my community or 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 even to lawmakers like um lawmakers like a uh, representative chip roy so yeah so yeah just shout out to previous guests um wade miller and if you want to hear that interview that's that's like in the first year <laughs> and Given that I just thought about about this right now, I don't know which episode, but uh, that was that's close to the beginning. I'm, I'm guessing that's in the first fifty episodes, <laughs> somewhere, if not the first twenty. So, go back and check them check them all out, and um, and listen to every episode. I would really enjoy that personally. So, and if I haven't mentioned, like, share, and subscribe. You know, follow everywhere facebook instagram twitter snapchat tiktok 
all social, I think, <laughs> uh, MeWe, Parlor. Yeah, all of that. Like, share, and subscribe. Five star reviews everywhere. I've noticed uh, a lot of a lot of you listen on Apple. Go go there and leave a five star review, and share it with your friends. So, um, I, yeah. Speaking of Facebook, um, something I didn't mention yet. Um, well, yesterday, last week <laughs> was um, I was on definitely Holly's Facebook page, um, doing a live video, and we you know just talked about being a conservative and and um kind of just talking a little bit about my start as far as getting involved politically and and stuff like that year well years ago now and um talking about what i think of um president trump's tweets and all that so it was about an hour long so yeah go to definitely holly's facebook page so just definitely holly and check that out and that was um that was last week so now I noticed that we started very late, I guess very late, depending on when you're listening to this, because normally this is on at least Thursday night. This is being recorded early Friday morning and um, not intentionally because I just when it came to um, making sure everything was done right. And by the time I finished editing and all that and getting everything together, it was really late. So it would have been like two o'clock in the morning so it was already past thursday night anyway or at least right close to it but um i i mentioned that by wanting to ask you if um if you're listening to this right now and knowing that it normally comes out on thursday if you're listening to this and we're waiting on thursday first off i apologize i like i wasn't doing that on purpose but i do i would like to know who are waiting um, waiting on the Thursday drops, right? Um, doesn't mean I'm going to change how I'm going to do it, but I'm just, int- you know, I'm just curious as far as, um, how scheduling affects people listening, I guess. And so, yeah. So if you're listening to this, let me know if, um, I don't know how you're receiving the podcast. Maybe just you get downloads. I know personally, I listen to a number of podcasts and what happens for me is that podcast uh, episodes just download overnight. So around two or three o'clock, I have it set to where um, the podcast that day or whatever that comes out that day gets downloaded overnight. And I listen to it throughout the day, the next day. That's how I do it. At least I know a lot of people do it, you know, a bunch of different ways. So I'm just curious as far as that. So, uh, and you know, for the people who are listening to the trend chat. So, so thank you for listening. I, I really appreciate everyone um, who has been listening so far and just, um, I really am grateful really for everyone that has been uh, a part of this. And again, I would say, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, saw the same name at trend chat, 24 seven, like, you know, follow, Share, subscribe, and next week we'll have actually, yes, I should know who we're going to have. We're going to have Molly Hemingway and Carrie Ciervino, um to talk about their new book, Justice on Trial. So that'll be next week. And until next week, 
We'll chat with you later. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. Minute Maid slushies are back at McDonald's. And if you'd like to thank me for that information, I'll gladly take a slushie. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Right now, treat yourself to a small Minute Maid slushie, like the new strawberry watermelon flavor for $1.59. Or try small McCafe frappes and smoothies for just 2 bucks. Price and participation may vary. Limited time only. Minute Maid is a trademark of the Coca-Cola Company.